Get up. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in Bottomland. And Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. What's happening? Man, we're about to turn the corner into January. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It is. It is. It's, it's kind of like... hard to believe. You wait for it, and you wait for it, and you wait for it, and you told me it'd be this way, but I kind of... I guess yep. I didn't believe you. Yep. Seems like you took one deep breath, and it went from Thanksgiving to January. Mm-hmm. Crazy how fast time goes by. Yep. Yep. It's been hot the past few days, and we're finally getting some rain today. Yes, we are, and a big one. And a, Yep. And it went right through my little duck hole, so I'm anxious to go see it. I think I'm going to drive down there as soon as we finish recording this and look at it in the dark. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. Well, Uh-oh. what's been going on with you? Man, not a lot. I uh, Yesterday was a really interesting day and one that I kind of want to, you know, tell the story of, really the, the back story of. But yesterday we put to sleep, uh, I say we because I w- really wasn't involved, but that's a, the royal we is what they call that in the Bible, ancient Bible languages. That means a group. But um, so there's a, there's a dog that's really special to me. Her name is River. And River went to meet Jesus yesterday. She was 14 years old. And um, there's like a million things about River that kind of connect to little pieces of who I am and all my parts of my world. Mm-hmm. And um, I was planning yesterday. I knew that River wasn't doing well. She lives here in Memphis. And River happens to be Brooke's mother, Fighter's grandmother. Um, my dad's dog, Minnie, mm-hmm. would, would be a granddaughter yep. of, of River. And then Hollis, my uncle, has one of Minnie's puppies, which would be River's great-granddaughter. Yeah. Sis would so, be great great-granddaughter, too. That's correct. Sis would be a great-granddaughter, as well as Rainbow, yep. Ricky Heath's dog. Um, there's a lot of... Um, there's there's a lot of grands. There's I think there's seven great grands That's running awesome. around, and um, I know where all of them are. They've all been just incredible dogs. Are currently incredible dogs. Um, and and River, um, it's it kind of a so let me so uh, the, the, I'm struggling to kind of figure out how to tell this exactly yeah, the right no, order. You're good. But, um, the what transpired yesterday was just special, and it merited documenting this and telling the story, okay? Okay. So, so yesterday, I knew that River was not doing well, and I had been texting the guy who owns her. His name is Bert Robinson. He lives here in Memphis, and um, and Bert's a big duck hunter, and we've got, we know a lot of the same people, although we've, we're not friends and running buddies, you know, So, but we've casually been acquainted through River mm-hmm. for over a year now. So I've known that River was old, and not getting any younger, and I have had it in my head that I wanted to go get my kids picture made mm. with River, Brooke, and Fighter, and um, and and I've been meaning to do this for a year, and Monday night, we were at my parents' house, we were having a little Christmas uh, celebration, you know, the family Christmas thing with, with my sister and her husband and their kids, they were in town from North Carolina, and so we were all together, and my mother said, I heard that River was not doing well. So Bert's wife, mm-hmm. or Bert's mother-in-law, Bert's wife's mom, and my mom are like really tight buddies gotcha. through, through church. And I said, really? And I was sitting there with my phone, so I immediately texted Bert, and I said, I heard River's not doing well. Is there anything I can do to help? And he texted me back and said, man, she's just really gone downhill, you know, mm-hmm. in the last few days. and." And so I told the kids, I said, tomorrow we need to go see River. And she had cancer, and it was getting worse. And, and so we said, we're going to go at 1 o'clock tomorrow. We're going to see River, take the dogs, and, and get you know a picture made. Um, and so 
we, we went to bed that night planning to do that. Well, at about 8.30, 9 o'clock the next morning, which would have been Tuesday, Bert texted me and said she's probably not going to make it to 1 o'clock. She woke up really doing bad. Mm. And so um, we had hunted that morning. We took the kids to the Little Reno, and it was kind of our first hunt of the year. And that was fun. And Holly's kids don't get to hunt just based, based on the virtue that Luke, my brother-in-law, doesn't hunt a lot. Mm-hmm. And he works hard. He's a car- cardiologist. And so they don't live in our part of the world and yeah, don't have yeah. access to the same kind of things we do in our part of the world. So it was really fun to take them hunting. We got back and we're sitting around eating breakfast. And um, and I got this text from Bert and I just told Lindy, I said, I, I, need, to, I need to go as fast as I can get there. And so I hurried there. And I pulled up, and, and they, they use another vet across town, great vet, um, a guy that was one of my dad's peers or a little bit older than my dad who was kind of the duck dog guy in, mm-hmm. in Memphis, Jackie Horner's clinic. And he, Jackie's since retired, but anyways, their their family has a connection there. And so I offered to Bert, I said, if you all need anything, glad to help. And he yeah. said, well, we're, we're already headed over here. And I said, okay, no problem. I said, well, I'll be there in 30 minutes if, you know. I said, you certainly don't have to wait on me. I understand. When I got there, uh, we just I just kind of had this moment with River. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm wrong about what I'm about to tell you, but River has cardi- uh, cataracts real bad. She can't see, and she can't hear. She's 14, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, and when I walked up to her, I just, I, you know, I touched her, and she jumped. And she jumped because she just couldn't see and couldn't hear. Sure. But she could smell. And when I touched her, she jumped, and then she just took a deep breath. And I put my hand under her chin and just held her head up, and she just she closed her eyes, and it just I, she just relaxed. Mm. And I swear, and I'll take it to my grave, she knew who I was. I swear she did. And uh, we sat there, and, man, I just melted into a puddle of tears. And, of course, Bert, you know, sees me crying, so he starts crying <laughs> again. And we just had this moment for, you know, a few minutes, and, you know, I got to talk to her and just tell her how much I love her and all this. And so then I let the dogs out and I sat down on the back of their suburban um, and River was laying there. And I mean, she's feeble enough. She couldn't, she couldn't stand up. She couldn't mm-hmm. move mm. really bad shape and dying, you know, and, um, and Brooke whose hips are bad and who's got tons of arthritis of her own got up on her back two legs and put her, her front two feet on the back bumper of the Suburban and just reached her nose up. And in the most gentle, kind way, they just touched nose. And I promise it lasted eight, nine, ten seconds. Like, it lasted long enough that I just – I couldn't <laughs> – I was about to say – Like, I'm, I mean, I'm losing it. I you know. know. And it was like, mm. game respects game. It was yeah. like, Mom, I love you. I mean, it was all these things, these dog things. And I um, and, and I had fighter there as well. And, of course, fighters – Fighter's a typical blonde. She's, you know, oblivious to what's going on. <laughs> she's also the great kids in her. Yeah, having a great time, yeah. right. Um, <laughs> she's bebopping around this parking lot. Don't really you know, know but, what's happening, yeah. Um, but Brooke just sat down, and she, she just – dogs have a way of kind of picking up the vibe of, mm-hmm. of a scenario and what's going on in a way that is so uncanny and that we just don't possess as humans. You can't tell me times in my office I've had a – tough conversation with somebody where either they're having life problems or they're in trouble because they've acted out at work, you know, a disciplinary kind yeah. of conversation. And Brooke gets up from the bed over here and just walks over and puts her, her head in their lap. Like they just pick up on the vibe. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, Brooke picked up on the vibe yesterday. I believe it. And so we're sitting there kind of having this moment. Well, when I left, man, I just I, – I had – the night before knowing that we were going there, I went back through a whole bunch of old pictures, looked up on Facebook before I had an iPhone, like – downloaded a bunch of these pictures of river and there's some good ones and uh and i texted all my buddies on the way some of my oldest hunting buddies and just said i just want y'all to know river's going to be with jesus here in just a few minutes and they started texting me stories that they remembered from from river and i just i left that yesterday morning it was such a heavy you know couple of hours there of just this part of my life you know passing away dying yeah. And um and so I as I thought about that and as I processed that I just thought I got to tell Rivers story with me because she's remarkable and 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 she changed my outlook on dogs, she changed my outlook on hunting with dogs mm. and and it's kind of the whole so so that's a long introduction to I'm going to try my best to explain who River is. Okay. okay? 
So in Rolling Thunder started in October in October of 2010, and um, we were teeny tiny and sold a few calls that fall. In the next fall, fall of 2011, um, Marty Roberts, who lived in Memphis, grew up in Memphis, his dad, Ace Roberts, was a commercial real estate agent, big duck hunter. Ace and my dad were friends. Ace and my grandfather were friends. He grew up at Broadmoor Baptist Church, which was where I grew up. Gotcha. Marty had been a part of my life from, you know, day one. He was a young married guy. He's probably 15 years older than me, but he was a young married guy. Maybe he's 20 years older than me. Marty was a young married guy when I was a little kid, and my dad taught his Sunday school class. It was a couple's, young married couple's Sunday school class, and Marty went through a divorce. Real hard for Marty, and and my dad and Marty kind of got to be close during mm-hmm. that time, and and so I always have very fond memories of who Marty was as a little kid and didn't know him, um, and then and then take two steps forward. There was a dog, and I'm going to get this part wrong, but there were at least two dogs that Hollis had that were just awesome dogs, and and one. I think one that my dad had, one that, that that Hollis had. The one that my dad had, I was in kindergarten when it died. His, her name was Abby. She was just a remarkable dog. Um, and then the dog that Hollis had was named Will. And both of those dogs came from Marty. One of them came from Marty during a time in life when Marty called dad and said, I literally can't afford to feed this dog, but this is a sweet dog. You should take it. Marty was just kind of into dog training. Mm-hmm. At least this is the way I remember the story. Okay, I was a little kid. I probably got this wrong, but um, and 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 then we're attached to the dog kind of thing. So so, all right. I'm I'm taking the I'm, try, I'm trying to build the picture here that my recollection of Marty as a little guy was all very fond and positive, and Marty's a great guy, you know. So in in college and shortly after college, I sort of bumped into Marty and reconnected over rental properties. Marty was doing some construction work, mm-hmm. some some residential renovation work, and, and he taught me a little bit about rental properties in a time in my life when I was thinking that I might want to try to buy some rental properties. Mortgages were easy to get. If you had good credit, you could get no document loans, yeah. 100% <laughs> loans. You didn't have to make any money at all. You could get a loan. So I'd read these books, and I was like, I, I think I can do this. And, and so he I, I worked with I, I followed Marty around a little bit and learned about some of his rental properties and and I bought a few rental properties. So dogs, rental properties, like duck hunting, there's there's some long running deep connection with yeah. Marty. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward to 2011 and Marty called me one day and it'd been a while since we talked. He moved to Oxford, Mississippi. He had an opportunity to help somebody down there with a construction project and he, he moved down there and um and and I didn't really know what he was doing but he had started a kennel he'd always his whole life been interested in dogs and dog training and always been a good dog trainer and and he he moved from Memphis to Oxford and he started this kennel and that was about all I knew about what he was doing and so in 2011 I just started Rolling Thunder I had just spent a couple of years with this dog named Buddy, who was a yellow lab, and Buddy was the sweetest dog, best house dog ever, tried really hard, but I didn't get Buddy until he was like six or seven years old, Okay, and I don't even know why I took him, but a friend of mine who I bass fished with, an older guy, (coughs) through like one of the local bass clubs, his daughter needed to get rid of Buddy, and I don't know why, because I don't take in strays, I don't take you know, charity projects, just being the child of a veterinarian, you learn, yeah. you know, like yeah, you can't save them all. You, right. Yeah. So he asked me if I would take this dog and I just said, sure. So I took this dog in named Buddy and I tried so hard. I read every book. I tried so hard to train him, but at six, seven years old, every bad habit in the book, Buddy already had. It was in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I tried and I never could get Buddy to be like a good hunting dog. And I kind of gave up on dogs, like to hunting with dogs. And so during those years, say from, 06 to 10 11 I was I was a young guy full of piss and vinegar and hard after them mm-hmm. and I felt like dogs just slowed you down I mean if you were going to be running and gunning and and 
boat racing and everything else. You yeah, know. you had to be light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if you're gonna be full of hate and uh, trying to <laughs> you know smash ducks and and tell everybody how good you were on the, in the process, you didn't have time or room for a, for dog. a dog. I yeah. mean, that was just dead weight. And so you combine all these things together, and between Buddy and all the time I spent trying to make a good hunting dog out of Buddy, and then kind of, you know, how much I love chasing ducks in public woods, and and you know, I didn't I didn't need a dog. I didn't yeah. need a dog for a twenty yard retrieve, you know. Um, so I'd kind of given up on dogs. So, anyways, all right. Marty calls me one day in two thousand eleven, <clears throat> and he said, uh, "Hey man, um, you know much about duck calls?" I was like, yeah, a little bit. And he said, uh, I've been reading about these duck calls, and apparently there's like this new thing going, and they're um, they're called cut-down calls. And I was like, yeah. And he said, best I can tell, I've, I've, I've read all about them and looked at all, you know, there's, there's only really two companies that are doing it. And he said, best I can tell, one of them is in Tennessee, and it's called Rolling Thunder Game Calls, and the other one is in Little Rock, and it's called Black Ops. And he said, I can't tell which one's better or different. He said, do you, do you know anything about them? And I laughed and I said, yeah. Um, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of partial to the rolling thunders. I think they're better, <laughs> you know. And he was like, well, why? And, and I said, well, because I make them. I make them. out of my <laughs> garage. Right. And he said, no way. And I said, yeah. And we, you know, we, we kind of shared this moment and talked for a while. And, and uh, I sent him a bunch of duck calls. And, you know, a month or so goes by. And. He calls me and he said, "Man, he said, do you do you hunt with a dog?" And I said, "No, I I don't. I'm kind of over dogs, and I don't mm. think you need one. I don't hunt in fields, you know. So I don't. I, it'd be different if I needed to make a 200 yard retrieve across a muddy rice field, like we, you know, we hunt flood water and we hunt backwater in the woods and blah blah blah. You know, I don't need a dog. Yeah. And he said, "Okay." And he said, "Well, I, you know, I've got this kennel down here." And I said, "Yeah, I heard about that." And he said, "These are these are neat little dogs. They're they're British and they're small." And uh, they're just the sweetest dogs. You know, they've really got this great disposition, and, and they kind of they hunt hard, but then when they're at home, they just have an off switch, and they're just the, the coolest companions. And he said, I think you'd really like one. And I was like, okay. And in my mind, I'm thinking this is just a sales pitch, right? I mean, right. Marty's just trying to – he wants to sell me a dog. I'm not the least bit interested in a dog. Um, I'm glad to have a dog. Like, we got a pet at the house. You know right, what I mean? Right, but right, I, right. Talk about a hunting dog here. And, uh, and I said, okay, and – we kind of dropped it. He called me back a few weeks later, and he said, listen, I really think you need a dog. And I said, well, I, I really don't think I need a dog. I, like, I know how I hunt, and it's different than how you hunt, and I, I don't have room for a dog. Like, I, you know, we're hunting every day, and we're blah, blah, blah. You know, we're <coughs> – um, we're I, I just don't have room for a dog, Marty. Yeah. And he said, well, I got a dog that I think you should try. And – um. And and he said, if I gave you one to hunt with, would you would you try? I, was, I don't know. I, let me think about it. So a couple of days went by, and he called me back, and he said, if you thought about it, you know, you ready you ready for a dog? And I said, ah, you know, I have thought about it, and I, I mean, I'm not that opposed to it, I guess, but I, I really don't. I just don't think it's for me. And he said, well, I think you really you need need a dog. A dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and let me just say as a side note. Like, from my earliest childhood memories, we always had a lab. Yep. And I love labs. Like, I've got books of lab pictures. I'm a lab guy. Like, I'm a black lab guy through and through. I've had yellow ones. I've had red ones. I've had multiple black ones. But I love labs. And to me, dogs, God intended dogs to be Labrador retrievers. Like, the rest of them are all just extras. Okay, so I have a real soft spot in my heart for labs. I'm not against a dog. Wasn't ever. Not even then. I just didn't really want a hunting dog. Right. And um, so he, he pushed a little bit, and he said, I, I'm trying to decide which one I should give you. And and I said, well, I hadn't even decided <laughs> to accept one yet. I love his persistence. And, and he just kind of kept at me, and he said, well, well, here's the deal. I've got several, and, and they're females. They're, they're dogs that I, I breed, and they need, to, they need to hunt with somebody during the wintertime. And, and he said, I think you ought to just try it, and then you can give her back to me in, in February, whatever, and – and I said, okay. And, and he said, now, I will tell you that I'm trying to decide between two of them. And he said, one of them, is, they're both great, great hunting dogs. And he said, but one of them is special, and you're going to fall in love with her. 
And I said, okay, you know, I'm rolling my eyes kind of on the other line. And, and, and he said, no, nah, I'm really like, you're going to fall in love with this dog. And then you're going to be mad at me because you're going to want me to sell you this dog. And he said, number one, she's not for sale. I'm not selling her to you. And number two, if I put a price on her, you couldn't afford her. And I, so I'm like, I'm like, okay. So like, what I kind of conversation even, we have? Right, I haven't even accepted a dog, and you're, you're, you know, you're telling me I can't afford her. I like, I, I didn't ask for this dog, oh, you know. Gosh. So, so few days went by, and he called me again, and he said, "Have you thought about it some more?" And I said, "You know what? I have thought about it, and I'm ready. I'll take one of your dogs." But I said, "I don't want a crummy one." And so, if you think you've got one that that I'm going to fall in love with, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. I said, "I don't want the one that's that's I'm not going to fall in love with." Yeah. Like, and and he said, "Okay." He said, "He said, well, you you come get her whenever you want to. She's down here. Her name's River." I said, "Okay." So I I told Lindy, and and Lindy was not happy. Mm. We had just uh, we had a little dog, and like a little bitty, feist kind of a I mean like a teacup <laughs> dog. And Buddy had had just uh, Buddy was really old. He hadn't passed away yet. He hadn't died, but Buddy was just a lawn ornament you know i mean he just yeah. laid around oh yellow dog yeah. yeah yeah and and lindy didn't like the hair and the house and all that kind of stuff and so i when i told her i was going to get a dog from marty roberts it was it was like no no you're not so i go down there and i get this dog and river had river was like if you've ever been around brooke brooke has the prettiest coat the prettiest hair of any dog I've ever seen. Like she had never has bad hair days. Hmm. She's fluffy. She's like a stuffed animal. I mean, when you touch her, she's, she's real silky. Soft. She really she's is. She's not oily. Like, no. you know, some dogs you pet them and like your hand gets, you feel like you need to go wash your hand, you know, because yeah, 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 they're yeah. just dirty. Brooke's not that way. She's clean all the time. River, totally dirty. Like oily hair, stinky Stinky ears, you know, and as so I pick her up and like on the way home, like, yeah. she's lived most of her life basically in a kennel or sure. in a group environment, you know, and, um, and I bring her home and I'm like, God, this dog stinks. I, I take her by the clinic before I take her home and wash, give her a good bath, like give her two baths, bring her home. And she is not a house dog, like pees on the floor straightway, you know, and I need this dog to live in the house. I don't have a, I don't have a backyard <laughs> have a space. For, yeah. I don't Meanwhile, have Meanwhile, your conversation with Lindy's getting shorter and shorter. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so like river goes from just barely house trained and functional around everybody. And she, and she was great around people and around the house, but just in terms of out of sight, out of mind, you could just let her be. You mm-hmm. just couldn't do that with river. Like she'd either be chasing the cat or she'd be, you know, something she'd be finding something to hunt or get in trouble or just, but, uh, how old but, was but River then, at but the then time? My, oh, five, five. six. Okay. So mind you at nighttime, if you didn't put River in a box, she would end up on the bed in between us, like up by our face, not nice. at the foot of the bed, like enough to where Lindy wanted to kill her. <laughs> and so we went from, we went from mad that I was getting a dog to the dog is peeing Being on, on the, the floor to the dog the is and... sleeping in between our faces, you know, in a queen size bed. And, uh, and so I didn't have a choice, but to start taking this dog hunting, like everywhere I went, I mean, I had to take it to work because the dog just couldn't function at the house. Lindy couldn't function with the dog. at the Yeah. House. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't take, but about three weeks of this dysfunction. And I'm telling you, everybody in my family fell so madly in love with this dog that we were, we were a mess. I mean, we were just smitten by this little dog. She just had such personality and she, she, what she did that was so endearing was that when you, when you called her and she walked up to you, she put her head kind of on your, she put the, the bottom of her chin kind of about where your belt buckle is. And she, and then she would just kind of lay her whole, the front of her chest against your leg. So she was kind of pressing her whole mm-hmm. front of her chest against you. So when you petted the back of her head, she leaned you, into it. you were getting a hug. It's funny, Brooke and Fighter both do that. They do, I don't know but if I'm not as, no, line. but not as well as, as River did. Really? Five minutes with River and you pet River's head and you fell in love with River just because of the way that she interacted with you mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know how to explain it any better than that but she just made people melt and fall in love with her and so um so all right so it's duck season and I start taking river hunting and the first hunt that I take river on Tyler Rogers and Tanner Rogers and a bunch of them from South Arkansas came up and we had 12 or 13 guns it was opening weekend at Black River and we absolutely beat the pee waddling out of the ducks we shot 50 or 60 for four days in a row. Mallards, 
in the woods, and that little dog picked up every bloom in one of them. She had a nose like I've never been around. Hmm. Brooke and Fighter don't hold a candle to the just the instinct that River had. Now, River had lived in Ireland. She come she came from Ireland, and she had been in a kennel in that environment and kind of a I think she was a she was a mama dog for them. But she but she'd also been she she was a breeding stock for these British field trial dogs. Yeah. And and one of the things they did over there was a bunch of like driven pheasant and quail hunts, like these upland kind of hunts. So and nose, she would retreat. a lot of nose hunting. Yeah, but just she would do a lot of cleanup work. Mm-hmm. She wasn't somebody's like champion gun dog. She would do a lot of cleanup work. They'd, they'd have a shoot. She'd go through the field, pick everything up. Well, when Marty, when she was around the kennel, Marty told me, he's like, this is the birdiest dog I've ever had. He said, we can, we can do a, like a continental or European tower shoot. And he mm-hmm. said, we can let River out and she'll find five or six pheasants that Nobody even knew her there. Like, she just finds stuff. Mm. If she's with you, she's not just chilled on the floor. She's she's going to be looking around in the bushes. And so, so first couple hunts, this totally plays out to be true. And, I mean, we just beat the stuffings out of them. Hunted for four days, get to Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Well, you know, we all we – all, I didn't hunt on Wednesday and I didn't hunt on Thursday because of Thanksgiving Day. Well, Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, is the big festival in Stuttgart. Mm-hmm. And um, here I'm a brand new duck call maker, and I want to go down there to the festival, and I want to sell my duck calls. So I take I take River Dog with me, and while I'm down there, you know, we're gonna market, we're gonna hunt, we're gonna, you know. So I I don't know much of anything about Biomita, but I got with a couple buddies who did, and heard there was no water in Biomita, and then I heard, well, actually, there's a little puddle, and we went and looked, and there was a bunch of ducks, and so the day after Thanksgiving, we find ourselves in by Amita in uh, the main slough in Lower, which is called Brushy. And we were at the end of Brushy, where Brushy dead ends into Wabasika Bio. And literally, we were taking this little ditch to get there. We were racing, um, and, and you couldn't even pass each other. So it was a, whoever was first in line. You raced down this ditch, and we would get out, hit dry ground, and get out, and we were running about 500 yards to this other little puddle. And I'm telling you, this puddle wasn't 10 feet wide, by 20 or 30 feet long. It was just this little puddle of water really? in, a, in a deep ditch. and um, But the ducks were trading across there, and and when you called at them, they'd, they'd break out, and, I mean, we just absolutely knocked their socks off. So the first day that we hunted, we had something like 10 or 11, 12 guns, I don't know, but the, the, the limit down there was three mallards. It's four everywhere else. Well, in, in five or six wads, we shot over our limit. I mean, they'd get down, and, and they'd be so tight together because it was mm-hmm. this little bitty body of water. Everybody shoot, everybody kill three or four ducks per draw. You know, I mean, it was just ducks everywhere. And we definitely killed over the limit, and I know that because we had two hens that were extras. And somebody in the group said, well, I'm, I'm going to go hide these hens because – by me, you know, they're strict and they're always checking. And we weren't intentionally trying to shoot over, but we ended up with these couple ducks. So somebody went and hit them. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I just overheard that. So the next morning we come in there, we run the hole, and it's 4 a.m. or 4.05 or 4.08 or whatever it is. And we all lay down. And it's, it's dry ground. You know, we build a little fire. Everybody's just chilling. We got two and a half hours until shooting time, right? So uh, five minutes goes by and I don't see river and I said uh, have y'all seen the dog and I'm now I'm feeling like a crummy dog guy because you know I don't really know but I'm fast falling in love with this dog and how many she's already picked up and and so I start hollering river you know river man a couple minutes goes by here she comes back she went and found the duck oh, from duck. the day before <laughs> the one the one so so I'm like I'm like god dang dog you know can't do that like you know what are we going to do now? Well, we've already got one towards our limit, you know. So, so we put it there, and I'm, I'm figuring we can't go hide it because she's going to find it. A few minutes goes by, everybody dozes off. I look over, and no dog again. By God, she didn't go find the other one. They'd been hidden two separate, completely separate places, and this dog just like – and so I'm sitting here. at It's like 4.30 in the morning. I've lost her twice now, and I'm going, what in the world like this dog? It's like this dog speaks English and, and remembers <laughs> yeah. things like a human, better than a human, you know. And – uh 
we shoot them again, and she picks them all up. And, I mean, it just it, – and, and the stories about the actual hunting with her can just go on and on. She found multiple ducks that we didn't even know were there. And she marked stuff that we didn't even know went, you know, got shot. So and, she's, and, but she's paying attention and participating and really, oh man, really to, to like you know, group comes in, everybody boom, boom, boom shoots, and you pick up what ducks you think are there, and then she's sitting there and 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 expecting you to send her again and start fidgeting, and you're looking at her and just kind of like you know, chill out and tell her to get on the dog stand. A few minutes later, if you don't send her, she just disappears. Yeah, and so you'd look up and she'd be gone. And, and you're like, where the hell did the dog go, you know? And it wasn't like she broke and, and ran off on a group that you shot at. She just, it'd be a quiet time when there were no ducks around. She'd slip out. Yeah. Next thing you know, you'd start hollering for her. Here she come back with a duck. And it's like, where did that duck come from? Where did you, you know, like, did you did you just did you go out there? Yeah, did, you go, did you go catch it? I mean, what, you know, just stuff you can't explain. Right, okay? right. So uh, we get to Sunday of that weekend, and, and I'm telling you, we're the only – people in Biomita killing ducks, and we absolutely beat the brakes off of them for three or four days in a row there. Sunday afternoon, I'm getting ready to go home, and I walk into the little house I was staying at there, and I go to get uh, – I'm about to take a shower, and, and I walk in the bathroom, and River is standing there, and she is eating – she's got her face in a bucket of rat poison, and she's oh, eating rat no. poison. And, I mean, my heart dropped, and as a – vet's kid i mean i know like this is bad like this dog's dead so i called dad i'm freaking out and he's like you got to get to you know you got to get to a vet clinic i start calling there's no vet clinics in stuttgart open on a saturday i call somebody and get some one of the vet's phone numbers get him get him on his cell phone he's hunting he meets us at the vet clinic unlocks it it's this little bitty small dumpy vet clinic and he's got one bottle of hydrogen peroxide yeah. and then he finds a second bottle of hydrogen peroxide and so we fill her up with it try to make her puke well his hydrogen peroxide is so old it's lost its carbonation and so now we're two hours in and i hadn't been able to make her puke and and i the whole time i've been trying to decide am i going to drive back to memphis and let dad take care of this yeah, or yeah. take care of it here because not doing something you could have been on your way to memphis cor- it's like correct. you gotta do something correct so so we we you know I sent somebody to Walgreens, sent somebody to Walmart. Like, there was no hydrogen peroxide to be found. Well, somebody got in touch with somebody else, and there was a vet clinic in Hazen that had some. And so got them to meet us. We got her pumped full, and she threw it all up. And, like, I'm scared to death. Don't have any idea if this dog's going to be okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, finally, I get her some vitamin K1, which is part of how you treat it. She puked, and I'm just pins and needles. So mm. I call Marty, and I'm like, listen, i I don't know how to tell you this, but River has eaten rat poisoning, and I think that we've got her okay. I think we got her to throw everything up, but I'm scared. Some, you know, she's yeah. not going to make it. Or he said, "All right, well, just keep me posted." So I go home, and there's a split. You know, and 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 that year, that particular year, I think the split was only four days. It wasn't like a ten day split because mm. the way that the dates fall, and uh, and so. Four days goes by. There's still almost no water, and we we uh, go back down to buy to hunt, and um, or maybe maybe we'd gotten a rain. I guess we had gotten some rain, so there was a little more water, but we were still going to the same place. So, um, so we go and hunt, and we kill our ducks and whatever, and and we're we're walking out, and and river just being river was always she just didn't have the off switch that like Brooke has. Mm-hmm. She just was always looking for something always, always kind of always hunting. That's right. And so we're walking out and I'm pulling my boat and, um, through kind of shallow water and she's standing on the front of the boat and she had her toes kind of over the front of the boat. And I'm, I've got my hand on the front part of the boat, just pulling it. And I pull it, Right, I bump it right into a tree, kind of on the. If I'm on the left side of the boat, the tree's on the right side of the boat, and she's on the right side of the boat, so she can be all the way up looking, paying attention, you know, smelling, sniffing, whatever. And uh, and her toe is hanging over the side oh. of the boat. Man, it chops it clean. I mean, nearly clean off, like just just like that. And she she hollers, and I look over there, and her middle, it's her middle toe. On her, on her left foot, and I took a picture of it yesterday. But this toe is sticking up in the air, and I can see clean through it. It's attached by just one little tendon, you know, or one little – really not the tendon, actually, just like the pad underneath the, the flesh. 
I'm like, God almighty, like this little dog, between losing her a couple times and, you know, like she ate rat poison last weekend, and now I've chopped her toe off. So I called dad, and he's like, man, you, you need to bring her in. I mean, he said that's a joint. It's going to cause a lot of arthritis. It's going to be a problem. Right we need to fix yeah. it right away so it'll heal. So I'm like, okay. So I drive all the way back to Memphis to get it fixed, and it it's too late. It's too it's too it's too cut, and so he sews it up so that cosmetically it's still there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it just her middle toe was just floppy, like it's not connected to anything other than just skin. It's just there, just there, oh. and uh, and so at this point, mind you, let's let's go to the home front for just a second because at this point. Lindy didn't really want this dog in the first place. And it peed in the house, not stinks, you know, got nasty ears. And when it <laughs> sleeps with us, it sleeps in the bed, in between our face, you know, at the top of the bed. And there's nothing you can do about it. And if you try to run her out of the bed, she she just waits until, until everybody's asleep, asleep and, and sneaks up there. Up there. Right, oh, yeah. sneakiest, you know, dog in the world. So then she eats rat poison and nearly dies, and I chop her toe off. And Lindy's just thinking – this is a dog that Marty said we were going to fall in love with and that we couldn't afford to buy. And so all Lindy heard was this dog's worth like gold. And, and here I'm trying to kill it, which means I'm going to be responsible for it financially. Yeah, 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 and yeah, she's yeah. like, you need to take this dog back. Like this dog's some kind of bad juju, bad omen. Like, like you're going to kill this dog. And I'm like, no, this is, you know, it's not that big a deal. Blah, 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 blah. So we rock along for a little while longer. And, and, I go to my parents' house on Christmas Eve. Okay. And um and I leave River outside. And we're like all my my family's there. My sister's there, my brother's there, all and at the time I'd say I was the only one that had kids. So my kids are kind of bebopping running around. And um and I was sitting on the couch and I looked back over my shoulder. Somebody said something about where's River. And because River wasn't all that great inside, I didn't have her inside with us. Right, right. Didn't want her to peel my folks' floor on Christmas Eve. I didn't want her to eat food off the table. And she's the kind of dog Eating that would. Christmas ornaments. Yeah, I mean, she's not Christmas ornaments. <laughs> know, she's I the know. kind of dog that would, like, sneak her way into the pantry and they eat a whole yeah, loaf yeah. of bread. Or or or, or look around and next thing you know, she's eating the whole Christmas ham or she's something. She's up on the you know. counter. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's a ham. killer, okay? So. So I, I kind of look over my shoulder because somebody says, have you seen River? And I see her, and she comes up on the deck, and she's struggling to walk. And and I looked out there, and I said, something's wrong with that dog. And I got up, and my dad kind of followed me. And when I walked outside, there were four drops of blood on the on the porch. And and I said, that that ain't right. And I, I looked kind of – I checked her butt – and I make sure she like wasn't in heat he or something yeah. like that. And then I and then I started kind of touching on her and feeling her. And I mean, when you touched her, she just was hard as a rock. Like she was clearly in shock. And I said, Dad, you, you need to come. You need to come look at the dog. Something's not right. And and so there's a little blood. About that time, she pukes. And when she pukes, she the contents of her stomach is just in one ball like it's not been digested at all and dad goes that's really bad something's bad wrong like her body is shut down yeah it's just not it she wasn't in the middle of digesting her food she had a full stomach and she just wasn't like she was just trying to puke little bits of it she just emptied the whole contents of her stomach and he said that 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 ain't right and 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 we could we found this little wound right at kind of the top of her chest just under her chin it was just a little hole where the blood had, had come out, which was also really weird. And, I mean, if you didn't know better, you'd think she'd been shot. Yeah. And and so Dad said, you know, about that time, she just kind of started like she was going to lay down. And, I mean, if you wouldn't know better, you'd think she's dying right there. Was this when your parents were out in Millington? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, okay. They had just, just, been there, just finished building their house there. And so Dad said, Dad said, that dog's dying. And touched her and, and, and couldn't, like, couldn't get her to – show pain she was in that much responding to anything correct and and he said he said you put your shoes on we gotta go to the clinic he walked inside we've already passed out all the presents he walks inside and he said spence and i are going to the clinic something's wrong with the dog and we drove like a bat out of hell as fast as we could possibly drive and i kept my hand on the dog the whole way and we got about right up here about warford and the Mm -hmm. railroad tracks and and she went full-on shock like 
shaking. Basically and... stopped breathing. She she went from very labored breathing and stiff to just like, I mean, she's dead, you know. And uh, we carry her in, and uh, Dad carries her in. We rush inside, and he uh, he puts her on surgery table. And mind you, now. I'm not doing a good job of adequately expressing the amount of emotion that's going on right here. Yeah. But but I just went from we're passing out Christmas Eve Christmas presents to all the family to I left my kids and my family, and and we rushed all the way. You know, we drove 30 minutes, 120 miles an hour, yeah. lights oh, yeah. flashing, and the dog is in my view not a doctor. The dog has died in the back seat of the car. I fully expected us to walk into the clinic and my dad to go, you know, like, she, yeah, she's gone. I can't feel her heartbeat. I can't feel her breathing. She's yeah. stiff. We walk in, he lays her on her back and he grabs a scalpel and he cuts her open right down the center of her, her abdomen. And he sticks his hand in there. No sedation, no anesthesia. Just because it calls for it. That time. just so sticks severe. his hand in there and, and he starts grabbing and he grabs two things with his, right hand and i am absolutely just losing it losing yeah. it Oof. crying can't see through my tears i'm sobbing heaving just i'm an absolute wreck and he grabs two things and all of a sudden she goes <sighs> she takes a breath and he reaches over with his left hand and he grabs a mask and he puts it on her with a with like this black balloon looking thing and he starts breathing her and so he's got his right hand he's nearly elbow deep in her chest like he cut her like you were gutting a deer. Yeah. Okay. Cut yeah. her from from where her ribs connect together, almost down to to her. So crotch. he just reached right through her ribs. Just cut her right there and sticks his hand straight down through there. And as soon as he did, as soon as he grabbed whatever he grabbed, she starts breathing. Puts this mask on. He starts breathing. And I'm going. <laughs> and and I'll never forget my dad. My dad. Uh, he he took his hand off the mask and he reached up and he grabbed my face and he said, "Son." I can make this dog better, but I can't do it with two hands. I have to have four pairs of hands. And he said, I need you to collect yourself long enough to help me out. Yep. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, di- I'm dying. And the dog is dying. And okay. so, I, I'm, you know, I, like between, you know, like I'm so embarrassed, I'm sobbing, I can't look up at my dad, you know. And, and he said, he said I need, what I need you to do is I need you with your, with your right hand. I'm standing across the table from him, okay. He said, with your right hand, I need you to – breathe the dog mm-hmm. so I, I reach up this black balloon thing and, and start breathing the dog and he said with your left hand I want you to touch my elbow mind you he's elbow deep in the abdomen he said I want you to follow it down and he said I'm pinching two things down there in, in her chest and he said I want you to grab a hold of what I'm grabbing a hold of yeah and he said she's there's there's a perforation in her diaphragm and so she can't get enough negative pressure to breathe so she's she was she was uh, essentially suffocating, suffocating yeah. because because her her diaphragm. So he cut her open and he had he re- he knew that's what was going on. He wasn't seeing her breathing, but could feel her pulse and he knew that. So he stuck his hand in there and he, and he held those holes in her diaphragm enough to get her to breathe, yeah. prove it. And so now he's breathing her manually yeah. while while he's trying to hold that diaphragm now, together. Now, meanwhile, so, is she starting to come to? No, so I mean, she's still oxygen? she's still just completely shocked out. Okay, but she's, I didn't but, know if she was we're starting manually, to like move around. No, 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 no. She's on her back. Okay. So, so now now I got my hand in there replacing his hand in her chest, and I'm breathing her. So yeah. I'm, I've got the two hands on the dog, and he, he's got two free hands. Yeah. He immediately grabs some medicine, sedates her. Yeah, good. And then, and then, um, and, and then basically gets ready to do surgery, finds a pack, I mean, we're not, we're not, we don't have gowns. We don't have anything. I mean, we yeah. just cut, he just cut this dog's chest open and she's not really sedated at yeah. all. Yeah. So she this relaxes. Like extreme vet she, medicine, re- like she relaxes yeah. a little bit. He goes from, from the manual breathing of her to he gets some oxygen on her and gets her intubated and, and gets a trach tube down her throat and starts to operate. Um, he's operating with no x-ray, no diagnostics. And he said, son, if I didn't know better, somebody shot this dog in the chest. He said, there's this little wound up here where we'd seen that little bit of blood, but her liver was in three pieces. Her spleen had been shot. She had four holes in her small intestine and a hole in her large intestine, and she had about three or four holes in her diaphragm. And and about a third of her lung had been shot off on one side of the lung. And so he's got her open, and it literally looks like a deer you've shot. I mean, her her abdomen a lot is just of trauma. absolute yeah. mess. Oh yeah, blood everywhere. And he starts piecing this together, and and I I just basically start handing him stuff as he's asking for it. And um, I'm telling you, my dad is a rock star. 
He is a hero. If I'm you didn't say you, it, I was about ice to. Cold, my goodness. I, you know, just ice water in his veins. Never, never got excited. Never got, you know, worked up. I can't even see through my tears. I can't even take a deep breath. I'm just, I'm, I'm hyperventilating and <laughs> freaking out and a meltdown all at the same time. And he just goes to work. And he worked and he worked. And I don't know, it was a couple of hours. And he pieced everything together the best he could. And he said, I don't know if this dog's going to make it or not. And he said, this is this is a bad deal. And how it missed her, her heart, I have no idea. Her her vitals, like heart and lungs, um, the the bullet hit her chest, at like the breastplate, you know, the ribs, and went between the ribs and the skin until it got below the vitals. And that's and then it traveled upward at that point, and that's when it went through the diaphragm. It got it got part of the lung, part of the the Man. back end of it. So it was, lung. the bullet was still in there. We didn't know. We okay. couldn't find that's that's what threw us off about whether it was a gunshot or not because we couldn't find an ex, an exit wound. All the trauma looked like a bullet. So then we started thinking, well, maybe maybe somebody shot her with a twenty two, like a like a small round that that wouldn't have exited well and. And he thought, well, maybe, maybe it just was, maybe it lodged in her colon or her large intestine somewhere where we couldn't find it. But he just kept sewing her up. Well, so then finally we we got her to where she was stable enough and, and kind of mended together. And he and he did a X-ray, and um, and and there was a little bullet, but it was tiny, and it was in her large intestine, and um, and so it, but it was knotted up. It it, however, it got there. There wasn't trauma to the large intestine. There was trauma to the small intestine and several places. And but it was it was enough that he could it was small enough trauma there that he could patch that up so that she didn't have, you know, uh, stomach stuff, yeah, uh, intestinal stuff leaking out into her abdomen. Um, so, so it's Christmas Eve. The dog's been shot. We don't understand how the dog possibly got shot because. The dog was in the backyard. My parents live extremely rural. Like, if somebody shot her, we know them, which yeah. that doesn't make sense. We start trying to wrap our mind around that, and we, we can't – there's zero answers. So now for the third time in a month, I'm calling Marty to tell him that I think his dog's going to die. Like, or not not third time, the second time. Second time. You know, uh, she's eating rat poison. I've chopped off her middle toe, and now she's – we think she's been shot. You ever tried to call somebody that has like a dog that they really love a lot and they think a lot of and told them that their dog got shot on Christmas Eve? Like that, that conversation doesn't make any sense. So she stays with dad because dad says, I need to watch her and make sure she's eating and, and I can take better care of her here at the house than you can. And, 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 yeah. you know, if she needs something, then I'm okay. So a couple of days go by and she's not eating anything at all and not getting better. And, um, and dad, tries to get her to eat everything under the sun and he finally he 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 boiled some duck breast and she ate it and i always thought that was just kind of interesting because <laughs> i mean he offered her chicken he offered her beef he offered her everything under the sun, but a little bit of plain old you know duck duck she just she ate it up she couldn't turn it off she ate a little bit and she but she didn't you know like she ate she ate a little bit there and then wouldn't eat again after that and so a few days go by, maybe four or five days, and Dad called me and he said, "I don't. She's still not doing as well as she needs to." And he was, he was carrying her back and forth to the clinic every day, running blood work multiple times, and some of her values were out of whack. And he said, "I don't. I can't really put my finger on it, but he said something's wrong, and we need to open her up again." And I was like, "Golly, you sure?" And he said, "Yeah. He, he, she's she's not going to do good mm. if we don't if we don't check it out." So he cuts her open. And her um, liver, the, the little, there's a little, I'm going to get all this wrong because I'm not a doctor, but there's a little bile duct in their liver that, that moves bile like into the digestive system mm-hmm. and filters it through the kidney and back and forth. That had been damaged in the shot. Just got nicked. And so for, for five days, instead of her liver putting bile into the digestive system, her liver or kidney one, whichever organ does that, was dumping all of that bile into her abdomen. And when he opened her up, her entire abdomen was yellow with bile. I mean, she was just dying from... Just the pressure of all that. And and just the, the toxicity of that, mm-hmm. you know, whatever all that bile is, is just eating her alive. 
And so, you know, now five days after Christmas is like New Year's Eve, you know, I mean, or, or yeah, maybe it was six days, but it, it was a holiday for sure. And so he, dad sends a group text message out to a bunch of folks and I was out of pocket and couldn't get there to help. Well, a technician came up and helped him and they used every drop of saline solution, like, like, uh, st- sterile water to clean her, her organs that they could and then had to go borrow more from the animal emergency center on summer and use all that they had, ended up having to go to another vet clinic and use all that they had just to clean these organs. And so wash they're literally washing them with warm water, you know, pulling them out, washing them and pouring water in her abdomen, turning her over. Like, you know, this surgery is just intensive, right, for hours yeah. cleaning this stuff. So he sews her back up. And, man, as soon as he, as soon as he fixed that bile duct, she got well. I mean, like practically a miracle four, five, six days later. Wow. And uh, within two weeks, stitches were ready to come out. And so January the 15th, we took stitches out. She's healed. She's better. She's, she's, she's at my house. We're goofing off in the front yard. Two weeks post-surgery, sutures removed. Incision looks great. She still, she hasn't even, the hair hasn't even grown back on her arm. Where, where the uh, IV was. Yeah, where the IV yeah. was, right. So I, you know, being a dumb young man, I called my dad and I said, what do you think if I took river hunting this weekend? And he said, he said, you're crazy. He said, but I think she's okay. I don't really have a reason for you not to. And I said, well, what if I just took her, put her on the dog stand, I carried her in, carried her out. Like, you think it's dangerous, anything like that? He said, no, I think it's okay. And so I have a picture. I downloaded it on on. Um, from Facebook, it was January the 16th, and she rode in the front seat of my truck over to Arkansas for the weekend hunt. And so on January the 17th, which was my which is my brother's birthday, that's why I remember this, she hunted after being shot in the chest with a three fifty seven on Christmas Eve. What did that be? A little 20, over a 20, month, yeah. 20, not even a month. Oh, not even a month. Weeks. Yeah, I was on the other side. 2021. 20 or 21 days, 22 days. Um, Gee. And, and, you know, of course, couldn't sit still. So she picked up a few ducks, you know, three weeks post-op after being shot in the chest with 357. Um, um, so, so when that happened, like a bunch of, a bunch of domino, a domino effect of things happened. One, I've watched, you know, I, I sat there and, I knew that my dad was a rock star, but I had a newfound appreciation for what an incredible physician my dad was, an mm-hmm. incredible surgeon, and then for his ability to just maintain cool and calm and to think through how to triage the problems. And so, you know, my dad goes from hero status in my book to like 100 times the hero status. And uh, and then at the same time, this precious little dog goes from like, okay, Marty's right. I can't afford this dog. <laughs> like I, I mean, I'm. I need to try, but she, of course, she's not for sale. But one of the things that that came out of it was we're so smitten by this dog and just so glad to have her. We gotta have one of her puppies. Puppies, yeah. And so I, you know, I felt so bad. I asked Marty. I said, "Do you think that?" I asked Dad first. I said, "Do you think this dog will be able to be able to have puppies?" And he said, "You know, there's no telling." When they have trauma like this, sometimes they don't ever have a heat cycle again. Sometimes yeah. they come out of it and they're just totally normal. And he said, just have to wait and see. Mm. So duck season got over. And I told Marty, I said, if, you know, dad said he doesn't know whether she'll ever be able to have puppies again. And if I owe you something for that, I'm sorry. You know, this happened on my watch. And I'm just, I feel responsible. I said, but if she ever has puppies again and you, or if she has a heat cycle and you decide it's safe enough to have puppies, I want, I want the pick. And he said, of course, no problem. Well, so, man, I, three months after surgery, she has a heat cycle. And uh, we're just amazed, you yeah. know, blown away. And so Marty calls dad, they talk, and, and he's like, you know, probably ought to just give it give it six months. Dogs generally have a heat cycle about every six months. Well, Brooke, I mean, River didn't. River had a heat cycle about every three months. And and I knew that about her. It was kind of one of the annoying things about having her that fall. Not only <laughs> yeah, there's an extra the little fun little deal. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like um, you can't catch a break. <laughs> can't catch a break with this dog, you know. But also, you just love her to death, and you just can't. 
there's nothing to not like about her, you know? So, so dad said, you ought to just give her, you ought to let her give her a couple months and just see what happens. And let's don't breed her on the first heat cycle. And Marty said, okay, that's, that's a good idea. You're, you're probably right. Three months later, she comes in the heat and Marty says, I, I think we're going to try this. And so he breeds her to this male dog that, um, I, I don't, I think he's not still living. His name was Ollie. He lived in Atlanta he was one of Marty's stud dogs that a guy named Philip Boswell um, owned mm-hmm. with Marty or something along those lines anyways. So River and and um, and Ollie breed, and River gets pregnant. And, I mean, Dad's like, this is just, there's no way. This it's a miracle is, this dog. This is a miracle dog. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm on the front edge of all this with Marty, and I'm like, I, I, I want a puppy. First black female out of this litter, I want – so she has six puppies, four of which are male, and two are females. And so I said, I, I want, I want the female. And yep, yep, no problem. You can have, you can pick which one you want. So, um, just a little right at a year from that. So the next, so that would have been in the fall. She was born October the seventeenth, and if you do the math on October the seventeenth to uh, i'm sorry october yeah october the 17th if you do the math an eight week you know puppies go home when they're eight weeks that means that she's going home right at christmas christmas that means that santa claus delivers that puppy and so at on october the 17th when they were born you know we're on the telephone with marty and we take all the kids down there and i have a picture of trip at um i mean he couldn't have been Wait, three or four? Oh no. Even smaller than that. Two. Two? Yeah. Sitting in this in this tub with River holding Brooke. And she's just this tiny little black thing. I mean, just teeny tiny. And uh and then we wrapped Brooke up in a box and put her under the Christmas tree for Christmas morning. I drove down there on Christmas Eve. Oh my goodness. Exactly a year after River had been shot. Yeah. Picked up this precious little puppy, brought it home, put it in, a, kept it away from the kids, hidden all night, had it in a box. And Christmas morning, they come out and they open all the presents. And it, like, as soon as they get done opening all the presents, we've got this present wrapped with little holes in it. <laughs> the the box talking. starts moving. I mean, like, like a Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movie. And the kids are like, oh my gosh, what's that? And they tear it open, and here's this precious little black puppy. That's my Brooke. Yeah. So Brooke's name is Black River Brooke because mm-hmm. she's black and she's River Brooke. She's a little river, you know, is a brook. And um, I have had four litters with Brooke since. I kept Fighter out of the last litter. I've had one litter with Fighter. Um, I hunted Fighter. I mean, I hunted River the next year, that, that winter, after she had the puppies. I only hunted her in January because in December she was raising those, or October and November she was raising those puppies. So it was around Christmas time when she weaned all the puppies, and so I had her for about a month. And um, she had done so well, both hunting and recovering with her health, that Marty wanted to keep her. And I thought that was great. You know, I was okay with that. I knew that she wasn't mine to buy. Yeah, yeah. And and so, I and plus I had a puppy, you know, and I'd fallen in love with this puppy and, I mean, from day one, Brooke was a rock star, and um, um, I just had decided that I was going to make this little Brooke dog the best dog I'd ever had. And so we planned – Derek and I planned a trip to go to North Dakota for a week, no other dogs but Brooke, just so that we could get Brooke on a bunch of ducks because yeah. I just believe that the way to make a good dog is to get them over, get them birds. over birds. That's right. And, uh, and so after those two – really like a December – and then a year later, a January, not even a full duck season, after hunting with this little dog, I'm in love with this little dog's puppy. And it's like it's like the spitting image of fighter I mean of of uh of River, except that this one is just so sweet, so kind, so everything that River was times ten, you know, yeah. it's like um, you got to develop the house skills too. <laughs> yeah, so so I stayed in touch. I'd go yeah. see River. We'd you know we'd blah blah we'd we'd, we'd I I regularly talked to Marty through this process. Well, after a couple of years, Marty gave her to a family in Memphis, Burt Robinson, and so at like nine, River goes to quote unquote retire, 
Okay, and Brooke is three. And and she lived five more years after that. At at age thirteen, for Bert, she hunted four or five times. I mean, That's he, he sent, sent me the pictures. And so while Brooke yeah, is, has, has arthritis and can barely get around at eight, her mama at it's 13 and a half is still getting around, still picking up ducks, and just looks like a champ. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a handful of other stories that I could tell about this that little dog. But, um, you know, for me, River kind of unlocked or opened, or I don't know how you want to say it, but just she – she helped me find a part of me that I didn't know was there. You know, the, the opportunity to fall in love with the dog again. I'd, I'd kind of closed that out of my mind and decided I wasn't going to do that again. I, need, I didn't need a dog to hunt. I didn't think about how good a dog was for me and for my soul. Yeah. You know? Um, and as I thought about River yesterday, I just I couldn't help but think about, um, you know, I, I tend to probably overthink things sometimes, but there's some things I just want to say about a dog that I feel like River – showed me one is um you know there's nothing in this world that we taste and experience that shows us the kind of unconditional love and forgiveness like the bond that we have with the dog Mm -hmm. i mean we we love our spouse and our spouse loves us you know we love our parents our parents love us and all that kind of stuff but in human relationships we carry all kinds of baggage yeah we forgive each other we love each other Man, you you, know, you can beat the snot out of your dog, <laughs> leave them locked in the car, and and they it's like they they wake up the next morning they've forgotten like their their ability to just love you unconditionally even though you can be the most wretched asshole in the world, like your dog wakes up and just loves you because you're you, mm-hmm. <laughs> not because they have made you great or because you've earned you it. are great <laughs> or because you've earned it right yeah. but just they wake up and they love you because they're you. And I thought about that with River yesterday, you know, I, that had Marty have not insisted that I take this dog, that's a, like a whole part of my life. I would have, I'd still be right here, not hunting with the dog, proud of it, not needing a dog, thinking that people who had dogs were, okay, that's cute, you know, but mm. um, I I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling now. No, but that's cool though, I it makes sense. There, there's just a there's a part of us that I think is it's just really neat that God has made the world that way that allows us to connect with those little dogs and so uh, this long rambling story to just say that you know here's to you River cheers to you you um you know you you showed me a part of myself I I didn't know was there and uh, my life I mean we're sitting in this office and you find me a picture that doesn't have that little black dog in it. I mean, there's kill pictures as far as you can see with my kids. There's kill pictures with everybody I know. And there's, you know, there's on, on, on the south end of this wall, there's, there's a, just there's four, four different <laughs> pictures of Brooke. Brooke. And, um, that picture in the bottom left where she's got a green head in her mouth right there. That's a day in Kansas that Was she that got the one? so cold. Yeah. That's the one where she, she got so cold. She just couldn't hardly get across this water. And she got across there going after this live greenhead and she picked up a hen and I stopped her and I said you know I don't know if she'll drop this duck but I'm going to try and I said drop it she dropped it and she ended up going back and she picked that greenhead up and you know there's just there's the bond that I share with Brooke is so much deeper and different than what I shared with River because of the time and the miles that we shared but I guess really what I'm saying and this this whole tribute about River is just to say that I can think of four dozen dogs that are in people's lives right now connected deeply, not only to them, but to their kids and to their best hunting buddies. Yep. And none of those relationships and connections would happen if it wouldn't have been for river. Yeah. River started all that. And so, um, you know, river will never listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Probably no, probably none of the other people in river's life will, but, uh, you know, little river dog was really special. And, uh, I felt like she deserved a fine tribute and, you know, the story behind the story. So that's awesome. I hadn't heard that story. So I, you know, personally, I really appreciate that one. That's really cool. So here's to you, River. Here's to you. I don't know how to go from here. <laughs> I don't know how to end either, but uh, I, you know, 
I don't know what you do if you're listening to this, but uh, go hug your dog. I, yeah, go hug your dog if you got one, and you know. and if you if you don't have a dog, I think you ought to get one. But yeah, be good, be good to your dog. We can we can flounder and dwell in sadness. Oh yeah, and 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 I don't think that's the point. I mean, I am sad, and I I had an hour of grief yesterday over that little dog. But then the rest of the day, I spent thinking about how special the memories and the connections mm-hmm. and the just the just the sheer taste of the good Lord's kindness to me. I experienced through that dog, yep. through that dog's puppy, you know, and, and how many other people were in that exact same boat. And so 100%. I felt like it, yeah. it, it deserved a tribute. So I agree. I go, agree. Go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. We'll uh, catch thanks. you on the next one. That's right. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>